0: Hello, this is Diksha from NewsLaundry.com bringing you your daily dose of news. Today is Monday, the 22nd of February. India recorded more than 14,000 COVID 19 cases in the last 24 hours, and the total COVID tally stood at over 1.10 crore or 11 million. 83 fatalities linked to the virus were reported in the same period, and the death toll crossed 1,56,000. Under the vaccination drive in the country, more than 1.11 crore health and frontline workers have received the vaccine so far. With the centre's plan to begin vaccinating people above the age of 50 from March 1st, Union Health Secretary Rajesh Bhushan instructed the states and union territories to prepare for the vaccination. With the recent spike in COVID cases in Maharashtra, Chief Minister Udhav Thakre yesterday warned the people that the state government would have to enforce a lockdown in case the situation deteriorates. The chief minister banned all political, religious and social gatherings in Maharashtra and urged the people to take adequate precautions. The state reported nearly 7,000 cases yesterday. Now for a brief update on global COVID numbers. COVID-19 has infected 111 million people in the world, while more than 2.4 million people have lost their lives to the virus. The United States, meanwhile, neared the grim mark of 500,000 deaths owing to the pandemic. The US President Joe Biden marked the day with a moment of silence and a candle lighting ceremony at the White House. Thousands of farmers from Punjab, Haryana, Uttar Pradesh and other states have been camping at the borders of Delhi against the central government's farm laws for nearly three months now. More than 1 lakh farmers gathered in Punjab's Barnala yesterday to issue a direct challenge to the Delhi police. Farmer leaders said, referring to the Delhi police, that they should not come to Punjab to arrest those who are being served notices for backing the protests against the farm laws. They asked the farmers to gherao or surround the Delhi police personnel if they come into their villages to make an arrest. At the Kisan Mazdoor Ekta Maha rally in Barnala, farmer leaders urged the people to tear down and burn the notices served by the Delhi police, asking them to appear before it in connection with the inquiry into the violence of January 26th. While addressing the crowds at the rally, the President of the Bharatiya Kisan Union, Ekta Ograha, Joginder Singh Ograha, alleged that the Republic Day violence was instigated by a group that acted at the behest of the government. He added that despite this, the people failed to communalize the movement. He further said that the Centre's attempt to portray an image that there were differences between farmer unions failed as the farmers are united. He called the farmers' struggle against big corporations as true patriotism, claiming that the Centre is scared of the farmers' agitation. BKU President Balbir Singh Rajival said, and I quote, Those bringing langar material or extending help to us are being slapped with notices. Any farmers or labourers who get the notice should forward a copy to us. No one needs to appear before the police. Unquote. The farmer leaders also criticised the centre for its lack of response and insensitivity towards the death of more than 200 farmers during the farmer protests. At the borders of Delhi, meanwhile, Protesting farmers yesterday announced a series of events from February 23rd to 27th to intensify their agitation. The Indian Express reported that the farmer leaders also said that they will devise a plan to keep their protest going for long and will make their plans public on the 28th of February. Samyuk Kisan Mocha, the umbrella body of 40 farmer groups leading the movement, said that February 23rd will be observed as the Pagri Sambhal Divas. The day will be celebrated in the memory of Bhagat Singh's uncle Chacha Ajit Singh and Swami Sahajanand Saraswati. Chacha Ajit Singh spearheaded the 1907 peasant movement in Punjab. February 24th, meanwhile, will be celebrated as the Daman Virodi Divas to underline that the farmers must be respected and no repressive measures should be taken against them. Farmer leader Darshan Pal said, and I quote, The farmers and citizens will protest against the overall suppression of the farmers' movement. On this day, memoranda will be given to the President of India via Tehsil and District Headquarters. Unquote. Other events were also announced by the farmers for the days ahead, including a Young Farmer's Day. Speaking of the events being organized by the farmers to intensify their protest, one of them, the Pagri Sambhal Divas, is associated with the song Pagri Sambhal Jatta, which had become a slogan of the peasant movement of 1907 in Punjab. The song written by Banke Dayal was launched at a farmer protest in 1907 to give a rallying cry to their agitation. More than a century later, Punjabi singer Kamar Grewal is trying to keep the tradition alive by writing songs to give momentum to the ongoing farmer protests at the borders of Delhi. But, as a part of the government's digital crackdown, YouTube was asked to remove Grewal's song called Elan from the platform. The song's chorus, "Faslan de Faesle Kisan Karuga, had become a popular slogan at the protests. Unfettered by the government's direction to take his song down, the singer has released a second version of the song which is also called Elan. In my latest report on Newslaundry.com, I spoke to the producer and lyricist of the song who said that they will release a third song to support the farmers if this one gets banned too. Read the full report on Newslaundry.com titled, You ban our songs, we'll make new ones. Kavar Grewal won't stop singing for the farmer protests. Listeners, I'd like to tell you that news laundry reporters have been covering the farmer protest since they began along Delhi's borders nearly three months ago. Even while the farmers were boycotting a section of the media for allegedly maligning their movement, they spoke freely to news laundry reporters, trusting that they will tell their stories fairly and accurately. This is a testament to the integrity of independent journalism. We are in a position to report freely, fairly and accurately because we are a 100% ad-free platform. We don't take any money from governments or private corporations. We run solely on the support of our subscribers so that we can bring out stories that serve the public interest. So if you aren't a subscriber already, head over to newslaundry.com and hit that subscribe button on the top right corner today. Subscriptions start at just 300 rupees per month. The Congress government in the Union Territory of Puducherry collapsed today after losing the trust vote on the floor of the Assembly. After the floor test, Chief Minister Veen Arayana Sami met Lt. Governor Dr. Sundara Rajan and tendered his resignation. He also handed over the resignation letters of his Council of Ministers. The floor test in the Assembly was ordered by Puducherry's newly appointed Lt. Governor. The Congress government in the Union Territory was thrown in crisis with the resignation of four MLAs. Congress Legislator A. John Kumar resigned last Tuesday following Malladi Krishna Rao who quit last Monday. Two others had resigned in January. Yesterday, two more MLAs, one from the Congress and the other from the DMK, tendered their resignations. The Congress MLA K. Lakshminarayanan said that he quit because he did not get his due recognition in the party. The MLA said that he had been approached by the BJP and the regional party NR Congress. With this, the number of MLAs supporting the Puducherry government in the Assembly had gone down to 12, including the Speaker. The opposition, on the other hand, has 14 MLAs. The effective strength of the house has now come down from 33 to 26 leaving the majority mark as 14. Post the Congress's loss in the floor test the Bharatiya Janata Party said today that they will not stake claim to form the government in Puducherry. However, BJP's Puducherry chief V. Saminathan expressed confidence that the party will come to power in the union territory after the upcoming assembly elections. The Bombay High Court today granted bail to 81-year-old Telugu poet and activist Varvara Rao, who was arrested under the stringent Unlawful Activities Prevention Act in connection with the Bhima Koregaon case over two years ago. Rao was given relief on medical grounds for six months, following which the court said that he would have to either surrender or apply for extension. Rao, who was arrested in 2018 with several other activists, suffers from multiple ailments and is currently being treated at Mumbai's Nanavati Hospital. Rao was granted bail on the condition that he would stay in the jurisdiction of the Special National Investigation Agency or NIA court. The High Court said, and I quote, Rao has to attend trial whenever necessary but can apply for exemption from physical appearance. He would not indulge in any activities or similar activities which led to registering of the FIR, unquote. The activist was shifted to Nanavati Hospital after the High Court on November 18 had observed that he was quote-unquote almost on his deathbed. The court had thereafter extended his stay in the hospital on December 15, December 21 and then on January 7. Denying the NIA's claim that Rao was fit to be shifted back to Taloja, Justice Shinde of the Bombay High Court said, and I quote, With all humility and human considerations, we are of the opinion that this is a fit case for allowing relief. We feel that with the condition of the under trial it would be inappropriate to send him back. Unquote. The court also rejected additional solicitor General Anil Singh's plea to put a stay on the order for three weeks. It is over three years since the violence erupted at Bhima Koregaon village in Pune. Lacks of Dalits had gathered there to mark the 200th anniversary of a battle won by Dalit Mahar soldiers of the British military against Brahmin Peshwas. The Pune police had alleged that the violence was incited by speeches made at the Elgar Parishad event the previous day. The police had gone after activists and academics who they alleged were associated with the Elgar Parishad. The case was transferred to the NIA in January 2020. In his report on Newslaundry.com, Prateek Goyal explains how the authorities have violated human and legal rights of the people associated in the case every step of the way. In the report, Pratik gives a detailed and non-exhaustive list of 16 violations that have marked the case. To read the full report, head over to newslaundry.com. It is titled Bhima Koregaon Case – Three Years of Legal and Rights Violations. In West Bengal today, Rujira Banerjee, the wife of Trinamool Congress MP Abhishek Banerjee, responded to the CBI's notice issued in connection with an alleged coal scam case. She asked the central agency to send its team to her residence for investigation tomorrow. Yesterday, the CBI had visited the residence of Abhishek Banerjee, who is the nephew of West Bengal Chief Minister Mamata Banerjee. It had issued summons to Abhishek in the alleged coal smuggling case. The central agency also served the notice to Rujira Banerjee yesterday to join the inquiry. Later in the day, a notice was also sent to Menika Gambhir, the sister of Rujira Banerjee. This came after the Central Agency conducted raids at 13 locations in four districts of West Bengal on February nineteenth. The case pertains to illegal mining and theft of coal from mines in Eastern Coal Limited in Kunustoria and Kajora areas. According to the police, it involves embezzlement of thousands of crore of rupees. It has been alleged that this smuggled coal was sold in the black market for over a number of years by a racket operating in the western parts of the state. The issuing of the summons by the CBI also comes two days after an MP MLA court in Bengal issued summons to Union Home Minister Amit Shah in connection with a defamation case filed against him by Abhishek Banerjee. An FIR against eight Twitter handles, including that of Barkhadat's Mojo story, was registered under an intent to cause riot and Section 66 of the Information Technology Act by the police. The tweets pertain to the Unnao case where three Dalit girls aged 13, 16 and 17 were found unconscious in a field in Unnau on Wednesday. The two younger girls were declared dead soon after and the 17-year-old was admitted to a hospital in Kanpur where she is in a critical condition. The police had said on Saturday that the girls were poisoned and that two people had been arrested in the case so far. In the context of the Twitter handles, the police said that they falsely reported that the girls had been raped, which is a claim rejected by the postmortem report. According to a News Minute report, the police claimed that Mojo story had falsely reported that the police rushed to perform the last rites of the two deceased girls despite the objections from the girls' families. Meanwhile, Barkha tweeted that the police had refused to give the organisation a copy of the FIR. She called this move a total violation of legal rights as they could not appeal for the judicial intervention without it. The Mojo story also defended their reportage in a tweet which said that they had reported all dimensions of the tragedy, the family's anxieties and allegations as well as the police response at every step. The tweet by the platform added and I quote, If this case is pursued, we will confidently defend our journalistic rights and freedom in court, unquote. Now for some international updates. Protesters took to the streets of towns and cities across Myanmar today in one of the largest shows of countrywide opposition to the military coup. It has now been three weeks since the military seized power from the elected leader Aung San Suu Kyi's National League for Democracy. Crowds assembled today in Yangon City, the capital Naypyidaw and Mandalay City, among others. Demonstrators gathered despite a threat from the military leadership that it would again use deadly violence against the demonstrators. Yesterday, the military had cracked down on protesters in Mandalay City where two people were shot and more than 20 were injured. Activists have called today's protest the Five Twos revolution. This is a reference to the date 22-2-2021 or the 22nd of February 2021. The protesters have compared the date to 8th August 1988, which is written as 8-8-88. On the said date, the military had responded to pro-democracy rallies with a brutal crackdown, killing and injuring hundreds of people. The United Nations chief, Antonio Guterres today, condemned the brutal force used by those behind the country's coup. He urged the military to immediately halt the repression and release prisoners. He said, and I quote, Release the prisoners, end the violence, respect human rights and the will of people expressed in the recent elections. He also insisted that military codes have no place in our modern world. Civilian leader Aung San Suu Kyi's government had won the national election in Myanmar last year in a landslide, but the result was denounced by the military who called it fraudulent. That's all the news we have for you today. Have a great day or a good night depending on where you're listening from. See you tomorrow.